I'm Tanya Muhammad, and this is Act Two New York. When we reopened, it was weird. I think knowing that this was our reality, it still felt good to perform for an audience of you know 45, 50 people because the capacity, I was like, okay, well, at least I'm performing at all. Well, everything's changing and shifting, and I think everyone's aware of the shift, but that doesn't change the, the want for the interaction. I think that that still exists, and we're gonna find ways of making it happen. I can't wait that people can get up and go dancing. We're nearly on the other side of COVID, so I'm actually really happy. Um, just another few weeks and we'll be through it. Well, we're so lucky to have three dollar bills, our home care extension, our MBA. A queer sex party is a queer sex party. I've always been a huge drag fan. It's no secret that RuPaul's Drag Race got me through some dark days in the early pandemic. By spring, I had started noticing tons of promos for drag shows indoors at many gay clubs throughout the city. Indoor capacities were still limited with a ton of strict and often confusing COVID restrictions in place. Regardless, by April, drag was happening everywhere. By May, I was finally fully vaccinated but I had maybe been indoors at a restaurant maybe two or three times since the pandemic. It was time to venture out again. My first stop was East Williamsburg in Brooklyn. I headed to a heavily muraled warehouse-like area to the cavernous gay club called the $3 Bell, just a few blocks away from the L train. When it opened in 2018, it was billed as one of the largest queer venues in Brooklyn. Brenda Bernach is an Irish immigrant from Dingle, a small port town in Ireland, who's been in the NYC nightlife and bar scene since 2004, previously owning the small gay dive bar Phoenix in the East Village. Eventually, she took a leap of faith and bought a defunct brewery with the help of her partners. And in the face of no small amount of skepticism, $3 bill emerged. She envisioned a massive, inclusive nightclub and event space that could support all aspects of queer identity. This was my first post-vaccination in-person interview, which added to my nerves a bit. I couldn't really get the scope of the place, as the house lights were dim, and I couldn't really see well, which didn't help either. I sat down at a dark corner of the club while a stressed out and stretched thin Brenda finished up on the phone with some tough negotiations. And I could tell there was a lot on her mind. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick and tired of telling people put their masks on and telling people sit down. Basically, I'm just tired of just you. doing that. I'm telling people put your mask on and sit down. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have no problem working, but it's it's... It's lingered on so long now that I'm sick of it because it's just you have young ones that want to go dancing and you put security on them and all you're doing is telling people you're trying to have an event but everybody wants to go dancing and all you want to do is just pay your bills mm -hmm. and pay the rent and keep the place alive mm -hmm. and, but it's so tiring just telling people sit down, put your mask on. David is one of my main bartenders, top bartenders here, and he's great. He's the guy that helped me with the kitchen and did all the food and all the rest. I'm David Cedeño, 
work as a bartender. It was a fucking rough year. When we reopened, it was weird. I was kind of happy to have, like, I'm not going to say to have a job or working, but to do something different than whatever I was doing at home. Yeah. So basically, I organized my quarantine as I was going to do something. Instead of coming over to $3 bill, <laughs> I was painting or redecorating or oh, taking awesome. some lesson online. Mm -hmm. Or I start cooking. I hate cooking. And I, <laughs> and I so start something cooking. good came out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when they called me back, I was happy. Mm -hmm. I was happy that, okay, I'm going to do something that is not being at home. Mm -hmm. But it was weird working. Like right now, it wasn't allowed people inside. Everybody was outside. Before, nobody was allowed to drink on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody was allowed to drink in the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So we were like, okay, we have to be double careful. Because mm -hmm. now it is like we, whatever person comes come over and order a drink and we have to be checking IDs and things. And yeah, all the and restrictions, you can get shut down. Exactly, because before there was a person who was doing that, so nobody was allowed to come in without an ID mm -hmm. or things like that. And then we have to think about ID, think about this, let me bring this, let me, <laughs> we need to move the bar outside and we need a table and we need umbrellas and we need this. And we, oh my God, it's raining. <laughs> yeah, and then it was raining and we were like, oh, we're not gonna sell anything. No, people were coming out just because they want a drink and they were like, give me a drink. I don't care if it's raining or not. It's, it's still weird. It's still weird. <laughs> it's still weird because <laughs> I was like, I'm a bartender and then I was doing table service. Before we have the whole stuff and then we were three people working the whole place. So it was kind of like, well, there's three people running around like a chicken. <laughs> there was Brenda, it was Willie. Mm -hmm. I was with Willie and Brenda doing like, hey, we don't have chef today. Can you cook? And mm -hmm. we were like, I mean, yeah. Good thing you learned how to cook in the quarantine. <laughs> right. So we were like, well, we need to sell drinks, so we need to sell food. So, well, let's figure it out. And we came out with a menu, like an easy menu for us, mm -hmm. so we can prepare the food, take care of the customers, take care of the table. Mm -hmm. So it was still weird, but nice. You had to have food, and that, we're a nightclub. And we had to serve food. It's a nightmare trying to serve food to people that don't want to eat food and they have to get food. I mean, the whole thing is like, uh, it was hard. And we have a kitchen, but it's just, um, I have no interest in food. But the guidelines were that we had to have food, so we had to have food, you know? What about the shows? When did you guys start doing shows? I know you guys have an outdoor space, so were you doing shows there in the summer or? You know, we took over the yard outside, so there's 12,000 square feet there. So it's a little, um, you know, we're going to take, you know, do a little better there because we're going to build cubicles and people buy tickets in 10. It's a and work. Every 10 tickets stay together and, you know, stand, you're up in the, out in the air, you know, so like CDC or whatever, whoever they are, said that you don't need a mask outside. Mm -hmm. I think now, I'm not sure, but something like that anyway. The drag queens must be so happy to work with Yeah, yeah, DJs, yeah, yeah. They They've been great, you know, um, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
weird in and out like they were trying to do it but it was like no working it was raining so there's a lot of makeup on the drag queens so <laughs> with the rain it's gonna <laughs> fuck it up so no I'm sorry you already fucking know you already fucking love her come on y'all it's Reapy Royalty One of the new regular shows at $3 Bill is hosted by Reefy Royalty, a well-known drag performer around the city and elsewhere. Yeah, I was pretty busy. I had um, pre-COVID. I had two Thursday shows. One was a monthly, one was a weekly. I had a Wednesday show. I had a Friday show. I was, weekends were always really busy. I was tr traveling the world. Right before COVID, I was uh, working in Australia. But, you know, things happen, I guess. <laughs> People weren't that interested in virtual shows after a couple of months because everyone was doing them and everyone was losing their job and stuck at home. So in the beginning, we were making some money off of it, but eventually that money, like it wasn't as lucrative anymore because yeah, every, every performer had a virtual thing. We also like, I think the last thing that I personally wanted to do was watch an online drag show after literally just being at home and watching Tiger King and eating snacks. It's like, I don't want to watch anything else. I want to go out. Bitch, I feel like I'm at a mosque in fucking Afghanistan with this fucking heat. I can say that, Arabs. Yeah, seriously. Everyone looked at me like, I know, she was like, I'm gonna leave actually. Don't worry, I can, I can appropriate my own culture. By my own culture, I mean Jersey City. Yeah, so Three Dollar Bill was the first venue that I returned to. I'd worked there before COVID for a couple years. Yeah, it was the first venue that reached out to me was like, we want you to produce something here. Uh, and I said, okay. So we did a Tuesday show and it was a spoof on I Know What You Did Last Summer, the movie. But we decided to call it I Know You Didn't Do Shit This Summer because that's exactly what was happening. No one was doing anything. So it was like, this is what people were looking forward to was our Tuesday show. Um, and then the venue started opening up its doors to other shows, which was really great because then all the performers and DJs and stuff got to work. Everyone got a piece of the pie. I mean, it felt really great. We were all like wearing masks, but we were happy to be performing for a live audience and not on, uh, you know, not digital drag. If drag queens are on stage, they can come off the stage. They're literally on stage and they're hurting as well because they can perform in front of people because we don't allow it because of COVID rules and the stupidity of some of the rules that they've made. I'm wrecked from not work, not physical work, but mental stress. It's been hard because they're, you know, the drag queens want to come off the stage and I tell them, no, you can come off the stage and it's back and forth and it's a battle all the way through, you know, so it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of battle. Uh, are we ready for another performer? It's a unit before. And uh, in case any of you are worried, she is already vaccinated. We asked her to wear the mask because of the jersey aspect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, girl, you can't fucking, you can't fucking clock the COVID conscious queen. I mean, 
No, seriously, I made sure to get mine before I was eligible because I was like, I'm a public health liability as it is. I spoke to Robert and Cleo, who were sitting outside at intermission. You know, yeah, the intimacy's gone. <laughs> intimacy's gone, and I think that's what what New York's known for, kind of. Does it look like it's going to come back, or do you guys oh, think absolutely. like this is going to be? <clears throat> What I told myself during the pandemic was that this is a city of survivors and they're going to make it happen no matter what. So I feel like it's definitely going to come back because people are still starving for interaction. That's why people come out. They really are. Yeah. People are starving for interaction. I manage a lounge restaurant in Soho and Friday and Saturday nights, I'm like, I can't push people out the door fast enough because I just don't have room to fit everybody. It's like we hit the capacity after five o'clock and we are just packed. People are like clawing at the front door to get in because they just want to be out with some sense of normalcy again. Yeah. It's, and in it's New York, kind of, you're the city's your backyard. You know? Like yeah. Everybody lives in two boxes because, you know. Yeah, because. And a lot of us are imports too, you know, yeah. from other places. And you come, people want to come to New York City with that idea. That's still that nice nostalgic yeah. Hollywood idea of like. This is where you come to meet people. This is you the can place for opportunities. House. Yeah, any time of night. You go anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. anywhere. It doesn't sleep. So, and people are still coming with that with that mentality, even with the pandemic happening. And I think people go, because they all have hope that's going to happen again. Yeah, it's not the city that doesn't sleep. We were just like taking a nap. Yeah, everyone's taking a nap. So New York is not dead. It's not. It never was that. I think, like, even when there was a lockdown, there was a lot of people outside <laughs> wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. But never, never was that. Yeah. Even when people were inside home, there were a lot of things going on. And my country, Ecuador, they're having a second lockdown right now. After a year, they're going back home. Like everybody's losing jobs again. Vaccination is something that's gonna happen next year. And it's like in here, everybody can get access to a vaccine. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy and people are still rejecting the fact that you have that, so just go and take it because people are dying. Mm -hmm. And they they want that. And you're having that privilege and you are not taking it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, I think it's time for this city to reopen as the way that it was because never was stopped. So I want this place to be for everyone, no matter who you are, you know, that you can make your way in here. To no matter what you're wearing, no matter what your shoes you're wearing, no matter what your way your hair is, no matter the color, no matter of anything, that you can be yourself here and you can be, wear high heels, with a beard, I don't care. Nobody takes care any, you know, it's just like, be who you want to be and be here, you know? I mean, it took us two years to get it going. I mean, it took us two years to get it legalized for all the people, for to have 650 people. It was two years ahead too, but we got through it. I feel there is light in the tunnel, I really do. Um, I think we're turning a corner with COVID. So I think in the bigger picture of a lot of things, I think in the end result will be that um, even though it was tough and it was rough and it's still rough and tough, I think the end product will be better for $3 bill. We're doing smaller events and um, I think we'll benefit a lot 
from COVID in some ways. The fact that we have survived it, it's amazing and it's great and it's thanks to all the gay community and the drag queens especially. Endless affirmation, that's all that I require, honey. Endless affirmation and squealing, not only for me, but for my sisters who are to follow me in this set. I mean, I'm just an ethereal goddess straight from the ocean, honey. I am a mermaid. Come on, y'all, who's feeling the heat? Just me. Is it the hip giant? I think knowing that this was our reality it still felt good to perform for an audience of you know 45 50 people because of the capacity i was like okay well at least i'm performing at all and i know that a lot of my friends in other cities you know like los angeles wasn't really performing and i know chicago wasn't really performing and so i was very grateful to be making some money on top of you know the unemployment because i was just making cash so it was nice to have some side hustle to have a reason to put on looks again and to be one of the few queens who is kind of doing something uh, at the very beginning of all of it. We've just been happy to be back. Have they been speaking to you about Oh, they're delighted that we did what we did for them, you know. Um, you know, they are really happy, you know. Um, they don't like to be told to sit down, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, another few weeks, you know, um, and we'll be home, I think. I would say the one and only, even though it does apply to this next queen. Won't you please fucking get your dollars in the air and pay your respects to the fucking diva, the clown, the wonder, the mystery, and our fucking favorite, it's the diva! I must officially start the second set off in a bit for you guys. This is Act 2 New York, a production of Race Car Radio. My name is Tanya Mohammed, and I produce the show. Post-production, original music, and sound design by Garrett Tiedemann. Production manager, Gabriella Montekin. Our executive producer is David Hoffman, who also composed our theme music. Learn more about $3 Bill at numeral3dollarbill.com. And check out Reefy Royalty and her co-host Charlene Incarnate in their weekly show Trish at $3 Bill every Tuesday. It features a variety of big and interesting names in drag. Olivia Lux, Torgi Thor, and other diverse performers. You can also follow both of them on Instagram at R-I-F-Y underscore royalty and at Charlene Incarnate. No space. If you like our show, Please subscribe on any of your favorite podcast apps and leave us a rating and review. It really does help. And also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Act Numeral 2 NY. Race Car Radio is a division of Citizen Race Car. We tell stories. <laughs>